Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's it going? How's your week? Uh, I don't know if people will be able to hear this. Probably not because, yeah, I have a professional microphone that is very good <laughs> at picking up my voice and nothing else, which is why you get my nasal tones directly mm. into your ears so beautifully. But the ice cream truck has decided to park outside my window as it does <laughs> on many days. And as the weather gets warmer, I get nearer to committing absolute felony murder. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're like 13, 14 floors up. (laughs) I'm on the second floor. It's like the ice cream truck is in my apartment. I can never tell, though, based on... I guess there aren't a lot of other tall buildings in this direction, but sometimes I'm like... Does it actually amplify it because it's just bouncing off of... I don't know how sound works. Okay, sure. But I can tell you for a fact that it is way louder in my apartment. Okay. <laughs> so now not only Whatever. are we fighting the ice cream truck men, we are fighting each other. <laughs> I will. I will I will weaponize ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> don't even try and stop me. Okay. I won't even ask you how you're doing because we're in a fight. Fine. So we'll just get on with today's episode. Uh, what's coming? up today we're gonna kick things off as always with worst things first where i shout about the stupidest most ridiculous worst news of the week after that we are diving deep into all of the ways our bodies are failing us just because we're young and hot it doesn't mean our bodies aren't falling apart on the inside and the outside frankly my body is an absolute wasteland yeah john mayer definitely did not write that song for me my body not a wonderland it's a it's a wonderland for sickos (laughs) it's it's a psychotic circus (laughs) And finally, we've got television writer, playwright, author, R. Eric Thomas on the pod. We get into greeting cards, being sexy on the internet, and so much more. He was so much fun. I'm so excited for everybody to hear that interview. 
so let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. <laughs> oh my God. See, because my body is failing. Get it? All right. Worst things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, a 71-year-old woman riding with her daughter on Interstate 95 in Florida. Only in Florida. Suffered a gashed forehead when a turtle smashed through her windshield. No. And struck her. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. It's not raining cats and dogs. No, 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 no. It is raining one single turtle. In Florida, you have no idea what's going to fall from the sky. From one (laughs) minute to the next, anything could fall. Frozen iguanas, turtles. There are are reptiles raining down from the skies. In Florida, there is no escape. So I guess the daughter immediately pulled over, got help from another motorist, But apparently they had no idea what actually flew through their windshield (laughs) until because there's like a 911 uh, transcript where the the other motorist is like, yo, there's a turtle in here. (laughs) (laughs) And the daughter is like a turtle, an actual (laughs) turtle. And uh, yeah, uh, I guess all they knew is, I mean. To be fair, if something came like flying through my windshield, hit my mom in the face, she was like bleeding profusely next to me. I don't know if I would inspect. uh, I mean, I got to be honest. I would look at what hit her. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would notice. I don't want to say that I am better than this daughter or that I care more about my mother or that I know more about flying turtles, but I, I feel like I would notice a flying turtle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although turtles from the back do kind of just look like rocks because they're like kind of meant to camouflage, you know? That's true. If he if he kind of went fully retracted Shell first. Right. Yeah. If he had his foreskin on, there's there'd be no way of knowing. I almost feel like we've heard this exact story before. <laughs> So I don't think this happens infrequently. It's also not unusual for like rocks and other debris to crash through windshields. Sure, sure, But sure. You, you've never seen that traffic sign, have you? Uh-uh. You know, a lot of times they'll say, oh, falling rocks. Oh, crossing deer. But they never say, watch out for flying turtles. No. How did the turtle get there? Do we know? Do we have any <laughs> idea? Yes. Um, so I don't know who said this, but I, the turtle wa- was likely crossing the interstate and got knocked into the air by another mm. vehicle. Oh, this so really this was like a Mario Kart. Situation. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it is. <laughs> someone, someone, there was a red shell. Okay. It hit one person, ricocheted <laughs> off and hit this grandmother in the face. <laughs> She's fine. As far as I know, um, I like how the daughter was on the phone with the 911 operator also and was like, I swear to God, this lady has the worst luck of anything. <laughs> That's a literal quote that she gave 911. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would also say about my mother, just sarcastically being like, if anyone was going to get hit with the turtle, it's this gal. <laughs> anyway, next. Love this story. A man and a woman were all set to host their wedding weekend uh, at a beautiful suburban Fort Lauderdale estate. That's right. Only in Florida. <laughs> 
I mean, this is a straight wedding, so you already know something horrific is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> something bad's coming because a man and a woman are getting married. Yeah, they, they chose this beautiful suburban Fort Lauderdale estate. It had everything, okay? A bowling alley, a swimming pool what? with a waterfall, a hot tub, tennis courts, a gazebo, an 800-foot bar. Okay, sign me up. RSVP, yes. The groom said it was God's plan that the couple get married there. So they invited all their friends and family. The day of their wedding comes and the groom shows up in the morning to set up. Turns out the couple does not own this mansion (laughs) and had no permission to be there. (laughs) And the actual owner who was home was like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) wow wow icons absolute icons exactly the amount of planning that goes into a wedding you know like the confidence that is within this groom and bride and frankly within god uh is (laughs) remarkable just the idea that some couples i mean i've never been married myself i've never planned a wedding but you know based on the media based on pop culture I do know that choosing a wedding venue is often a point of high contention. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of stakes involved. It's one of the first things you do. Yeah. Months in advance. Years. years in advance sometimes. You have to get your reservation. And this couple said, fuck a reservation. You know what we're going to do? Show up. And then, then what are you going to do? <laughs> Turns out what they're going to do is call the police and not let you in. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so they sent out these like beautiful, elaborate invitations, uh, I guess, inferring that they they had booked this venue. Contrary to what the invitation said, the actual owner, one Mr. Nathan Finkel. Oh, shit. You think we're related? You think I can get us access to this mansion? There aren't that many Finkels out there, let me tell you. His name is spelled the same, the exact same. All right, Nathaniel, I'll be giving you a call. He said that he never gave them permission. According to the South Florida Sun Sentinel, he was stunned when the groom showed up. And so he called the police. He was like, I have people trespassing on my property. They keep harassing me, calling me. They say they're having a wedding here and it's God's message. I don't know what's going on. All I want for it is for for it to stop. And they're sitting at my property right at the front gate right now. (laughs) Imagine showing up somewhere and being like, I I have full permission to be here because God said it was okay. I mean, <laughs> actually, people do that all the time. <laughs> so officers told the groom that he would have to leave, and he did, and they, they didn't file charges. Um, apparently, the guy who owns it, his late father was an early IHOP franchisee. Ooh. So they got that money. That they got pancake that pancake money. money. The most delicious kind. They were able to afford this beautiful estate um, that they've been trying to sell for a couple of years. It's listed, I guess, over $5 million right now. I think this would have been a fantastic opportunity for this couple to buy the mansion. Well, uh, I guess he like staked it out. So (laughs) the guy, the groom who he like posed as a potential buyer, he toured it several months in advance According to a lawyer for the, I don't know, group of properties, I I guess. I don't know. Some lawyer. And then a few months later, the groom asked Mr. Finkel if he could use his backyard for his wedding. And Mr. Finkel was like, 
no. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just showed up anyway. God, I need some of this confidence in my life. I just love it. I, yeah, this is really what they tell you. It's mind over matter in all cases. Never take no for an answer. If you believe that this is where your wedding is going to be, that's where it's going to be. And finally, this is an update, really. After more than 250 days on the run, a beefalo, which is a cross between a bison and a domestic cattle, a cow, I guess. Wow. Beefalo is a great name. Yeah. I. <laughs> That's hilarious. And also sad to name it after like what we call it when it's dead. Right. Like it's like calling a human a corpse. What came first though? Like does the word beef automatically imply that it's been like killed i've never heard anyone talk about a live cow as beef unless they're like that's gonna be some good beef one day honestly if i were a male stripper beefalo would be my name (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the beefalo show everybody here's my dick (laughs) anyway a beefalo nicknamed buddy that had been roaming the woods in connecticut since it escaped on its way to a slaughterhouse has been captured. I don't know if you remember this story. Yeah. There was this cow on the loose in Connecticut. Everybody had just been like, yeah, that's our loose cow. (laughs) Uh, Like the police kind of gave up on getting him back. They were just like, yeah, if you see him, that's just, that's the Connecticut loose cow. Yeah. Uh, And now, sadly, after 250 days, Buddy has been caught. So the beefalo, uh, yeah, a cross between a bison what is a bison? Isn't that a, buff- a buffalo? That's a buffalo. Yeah. Why are they crossing them? I have no idea. This feels like liger territory. Is that what we're eating? The scientists are up to something. I'll tell you that. Anyway, he escaped from uh, his handlers on August 3rd, a day after my birthday. Oh my God. So he's been loose for as long as I've been 30, which feels like forever. (laughs) Plymouth police announced that he was apprehended last week, posting the animal's picture on social media with the word captured stamped across it in red letters. Okay, assholes. He's not a fucking criminal. He did nothing wrong except escape his death. Yeah. This is bullshit. Uh, Oh, get it? uh, (laughs) This is beefalo shit. shit. Absolute beefalo shit. Get this. Buddy had wandered onto a farm and was hanging out with some local cows when the farm owner snagged him and then got him into a trailer and turned (gasps) him in. Oh, he's snitch? This narc. Why don't you go fuck off, narc? This, This beefalo buddy just wanted to hang out with your cows, have a nice good time, and you're just gonna take him away? Yeah. Also, you free cow. He just wandered in amongst your cows. <laughs> you could have just folded him into the community, but no, you had to rat him out. This is why snitches get stitches. Okay. The the other thing is that authorities, I guess, said that they would not they would not like fold him back into the the slaughterhouse. Oh, so good, good. He's heading to Massachusetts, where he will be sent to. Uh, oh God, the critter. Creek Farm Sanctuary in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> oh, that old turtle, flying turtle will kill him. <laughs> he makes it all the way there only to get there and just be whacked in the head with a flying turtle. Shout out to Buddy the Beefalo and to my new stripper name. 
And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode, because yes, we can only fit in so much. And then Barry and the other editors and producers go in and they cut out all of my jokes and they cut all of my stories. And I take all of the beautiful content that was cut and put it up for all of the lovely people on Patreon. So you can head to Patreon at patreon.com slash and see it all there. Next, we're diving deep inside of us in our decomposing bodies. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive. Wow, it's another week. It's another day. It's another year. And with each passing moment, with each throbbing muscle spasm, I am reminded yet again of the utter frailty of my human shell. Because even though, yes, I am a beautiful genius who is getting hotter every single day of his existence, I'll say it, (laughs) I'm also a rickety pile of aching muscles and cracking bones, all of which are just slowly falling apart piece by piece. So for today's deep dive, we are diving deep into our failing bodies. Basically, this is that episode of Magic School Bus where they go inside Arnold's body, except instead of Arnold's young, you know, child, healthy body, we're going into my dumping ground. (laughs) So let's get into it first. Really, this whole uh, deep dive sprung from the fact that earlier this week when I was doing my little workout, just trying to lift my weights, grow my ass, yet again, I threw out my back. I also was doing some push-ups like with a personal trainer watching me form beautiful and yet somehow I fully kinked my neck to the point where I had to have a quote-unquote emergency acupuncture appointment. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, so we're doing great. (laughs) Yeah, the the unfortunate thing about my injury is that it was fully my fault. (laughs) Not fully. I I will never take full responsibility for anything. Um, And I'll say that proudly. (laughs) Uh, But I did. Yeah, I had two. I was I was bending down. There were two 75 pound dumbbells, which I should never have been trusted with in the first place. (laughs) And that was the real mistake is that someone trusted me to do two 75 pound dumbbells. That's 150 pounds. People do the math. No, thank you. And I had set them on the ground and I bent down to pick them up. And I tried to like squat and pick them up with my butt. And immediately I felt that that spot that was fucked up last year got fucked up again. And yeah, it's a sick cycle. Uh, cause I guess apparently my spine is just made out of like soggy popsicle sticks. <laughs> I don't understand why my bones are not made of stronger stuff. I will. I've said it before. I will say it again. My main exercise goal is to just make my muscles strong enough to hold up my skeleton. And yet somehow that is still too much to ask. And my body refuses to let it happen. Yeah, I don't understand how our bodies are just, you were built for one purpose. Like the bones are supposed to be strong. The muscles are supposed to hold that up. Where did we go wrong? I guess a lot of ways. Yeah, like so many. (laughs) All I will say is that it is very important for me as a homosexual to be able to arch my back. (laughs) My lower back should be able to be a full U. 
in the cat cow okay. position, you are a cow. That yeah. like, once again, beefalo strikes again. I should be able to get you full cow. My belly button should be able to touch the ground. <laughs> my ass should be fully in the air. And that's, yeah, that's what I'm going for. Next, I can't sleep through the night without urinating approximately once every 10 fucking minutes. <laughs> And before you get at me, anybody listening about my prostate, okay, I'll have you know she gets regular massages. And if anything were amiss, we would know about it, okay? So it is not a prostate issue. Frequent urination, especially when you are asleep, (laughs) that's not how I want to say that. Right. To be perfectly clear, I'm not urinating in bed. Having to get up to pee multiple times in the night is something that I feel was like stereotyped for quote unquote old people, but I was Uh not aware that old started at approximately 25. Like that doesn't seem fair and also doesn't seem old. And those who are youthful shouldn't have to deal with shit like this. I'm not 25, but I also am not old enough to warrant the amount of times I pee during the day. Also, just putting that out. It's it's unusual. Yeah, literally in the pilot of Golden Girls, there is a joke about how they have to stop drinking any liquids at like 5 p.m. Otherwise, they'd be up all night. Which my doctor has recommended to me to not drink liquids after like 9 o'clock. And I'm like, but a sip? What if I get thirsty? It Like, how how could it get worse? How could it get worse than this? If I am this way at 29, <laughs> how what is going to happen when I am 55? I keep having to like experiment basically with stopping (laughs) drinking anything uh, earlier and earlier. I mean, famously, I know people will also be thinking, well, Matt, didn't you just say that you're trying to drink four liters of water throughout (laughs) the day? Maybe that's fucking why. And yeah, you'd be absolutely right. I have my big old jug of water right here. Uh, But the problem is, how am I supposed to both drink a bunch of water and not be up all night? It's like... You know, you're solving one problem and then creating another. Real catch 22. Next, I can officially just no longer stand up from any sitting position without sounding like a a moose in distress. I have wondered if this is one of those things that like, is it that I actually need to express this feeling or did I just grow up with like my parents and other family members around doing this that I'm like this is just learned behavior maybe I I do think I feel like dad noises Uh are like a common thing which is uh, you know an, an older gentleman who sits in an armchair and makes a series of groans and and grunts and coughs and I don't feel like I'm like learning that from anybody. I think it's just what happens to my mm. my body. I mm-hmm. just start making noises. I see. I just everything everything hurt. You're, like you can hear the sound of things like realigning <laughs> <laughs> or attempting to realign when I stand up. Like the it sounds like I'm I'm stepping on a a, a box of spaghetti that I spill on the ground. <laughs> Next, I'm officially at the age where like if I fall, there's really no guarantee that I'll get back up. (laughs) I've seen two people fall in the park in the past week. One was a sweet old lady who just like fully dominoed down, like didn't no bent knees like a dog came up behind her and she just domino fell down. And then this morning, (laughs) another guy, a dog came behind him and he was knocked down. And I was just like, I'm next. Rule of threes. It's going to happen. And it's not going to be pretty. 
what just came rushing back to me right now is a line from our stoned episode that you cut that I just remembered, which is me saying the one thing I miss most about the pre-pandemic world was watching people fall down escalators. <laughs> yeah, I cut it because you went on for like five fucking minutes about this. And it yeah. was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine. I do. I do specifically recall seeing a woman fall down an escalator at Penn Station, and I, um, if that happened to me, like, there's no way I would ever stand back up again. Irreversible damage for sure. Let's see. Next, my eyesight is just getting worse by the day, and I really refuse to accept that it's because I stare at a screen for 24 hours. <laughs> consecutively like there is no part of my day where a screen is not involved in some way shape or form (laughs) or multiple yeah usually at this point i'm using one screen to deflect from another screen (laughs) there's no point at which i'm not looking at blue light why are my glasses so thick still? <laughs> okay, I feel like if we can make a uh, 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 one terabyte memory chip the size of a squirrel dick, okay, we can make my glasses thinner. I, I completely agree, especially when contacts exist. Like, if you can fit all of that onto one single little disc that goes onto my eyeball, you certainly can make the glass thinner. Yeah, Exactly. I remember being so self-conscious. It has gotten better, even mm-hmm. as my prescription has gotten worse, which is what happens. These <laughs> your eyes, your eyes just get lazy. I remember them telling us that. It was like, yeah, your eyesight will get worse every time after you after you get glasses because your eyes just get accustomed to the help. <laughs> And finally, there's really just no telling when my digestive system will fully turn against me. I would say we're not friends, but we're not enemies. That we just kind of coexist. And I roommates, and I, really. Yeah. I hope that we're on the same page, but there's really no way of knowing when she might decide to just turn against me to rebel and decide, hey, today we decided that this one egg that you ate is going to violently come out of you for the next 72 (laughs) hours. I've like paid even more attention to this because the amount of like COVID screening surveys or questionnaires that you have to do in order to like go into some places and like doctor appointments and stuff. And a lot of the symptoms are like diarrhea, upset stomach (laughs) stuff. If you have two of these things, you need to let us know. You won't be allowed in. And I'm like, okay, but what if you have it like every day? (laughs) Yeah. What if that is your normal? (laughs) I'm like, what are you supposed to do? That's what my mom always says about having a fever. Cause she's like, if my body temperature, if they took my body temperature, temperature and it was 98.6 I would be I would have a fever my temperature is usually like 96 degrees and I was like what 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 is your body even I don't understand (laughs) my mom is more a robot than person at this point anyway the point is every single day my body turns against me in some new horrific way and I'm sick of it and as much as I try to do what's best for him he has the audacity to make it about himself and I, I will I for one am over it anyway that's it for this week's deep dive next we got our Eric Thomas on the pod right after this commercial break this episode is brought to you by Shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My guest complainer today is writer, playwright, author, R. Eric Thomas. You've seen his iconic pieces on L.com, Time, the New York Times. His book is called Here For It or How to Save Your Soul in America. He writes for Dickinson on television. So much stuff. Welcome, Too Eric. Much. Yeah, I just like I ran out of steam. There was so much stuff. I mean, I got sick of myself. I was like, all right, enough. Like, how much attention does this dude need? And the answer is all of it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm really happy to be here. You deserve. Um, <laughs> well, we always start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay, well, I hate to say it. I hope it don't sound ridiculous. But I do, I do hate greeting cards. Um, okay. <laughs> and, like, no offense to anybody who's ever sent me a greeting card, mm -hmm. but a greeting card is work. Picking out a greeting card is very hard. And then, like, I'm a writer, so I have to, like, then write somebody, like, a heartfelt message right. inside of the card. There's, I don't know if white people know about this, but there's this line of, like, mahogany greetings, like, black people cards. Uh-huh. Do you know about this? I don't, know. This is wild. I mean, it's in, like, Walgreens. They're, like, they're in all the stores, maybe only in, like black areas. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But, like, they're cards, like, with black people on the cards. There are African proverbs inside, or like the father is the backbone of the of the family, and I thank the Lord for you. <laughs> uh -huh. And I'm just like, I feel too. I don't. I feel not black enough for the black cards. So there's stress, <laughs> and then they just uh, greeting cards just take up residence all over the house. Yeah. And how long are you supposed to keep a greeting card? I don't know. My husband has a very different opinion than I do. Right. My opinion is like five minutes. All right. <laughs> this is very sweet. I appreciate it. I feel like. Scrooge when I'm like, I don't like greeting cards, but it's like, it's stressful. It's a, it's a strange thing. I like letters. I like notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A greeting card. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's stressful. I feel the same way. I like, I always feel a little bit guilty when it's just a greeting card and they haven't really added any of their own kind of panache to it. And I like, I feel bad about like, you know, you take the check out and then you, th you throw the card away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, exactly. it lives on the counter for like five minutes. Yeah. Like you said, my experience with greeting cards is that my mom would always send me to the store to pick out cards for whatever gift that she was purchasing. And so I, mm -hmm. like a young child, would have to embody <laughs> my mother's <laughs> personality in order to pick the right greeting. And it was really make her, like, I, I often made the wrong call. I understand that. That's the other thing. Like, I'm like, who are the people who are sitting at Hallmark trying to channel me and then, like, you know, I want to, like, whenever I buy, like, my dad a, a birthday card, I want to, like, get him one that says, like, for the bar mitzvah boy. Right. But, like, <laughs> that's my sense of humor. My dad would be like, what? Did you mix this up? <laughs> I did get a greeting card. Um, we bought a house, during, like, in, in June, like, in the middle of the pandemic. Uh -huh. And so, like, 
We have a friend who's older. She's in her 90s. She's amazing, uh, sharp and spry, but she couldn't leave her house. And so she wanted to send us a housewarming card. Mm -hmm. And so all she had at her house were bereavement cards Uh um, because, (laughs) you know, you enter a phase of life where that is the card of choice. Yeah. And so she sent us a card that said, with sympathy, and then she crossed it out and wrote not uh, in parentheses (laughs) next to it. And I was like, this is the best greeting card I've ever received in my life. You make the greeting card work for you. Not the other way around. Thank you. You have to show ownership over the greeting card. Otherwise, I don't know what to do with it. It stresses me out. Yeah. I've talked before about how I often feel in competition with, uh, I have an older brother, when we're giving gifts, it's never overt. We're, we we never ag- acknowledge that it is a competition. But of course, it's a competition of like, who's giving the best gift. And I, my approach is all like, I'm a horrible gift giver. I'm just like, okay, I'll buy you something nice and fancy and you should just appreciate that because it's nice and fancy. <laughs> and my brother right. will get something like sentimental and and it will be, uh, yeah. And then my mom will cry. And often it is the card that is make or break. And right. I'm like, well, he didn't do that. He just bought it from Hallmark. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It is amazing. Like, it's like somebody is like churning these out. They're like, all right, let's see. Moms love being reminded that you were a child once and being thanked for all their selfless service. Bingo, bango, send it out. And it's like, you don't get to earn those emotional points. Those emotional points were hard earned by some writer in (laughs) wherever. I want to go to the Hallmark warehouse Yeah, the factory where they do whatever. (laughs) They put their writers under duress so that they have to. (laughs) They're at peak emotional uh, vulnerability at all times. I feel like that's either a really healthy work environment or the most toxic, where everyone's just like a nerve walking around. They're like, what if somebody lost a dog? And you're like, hold on, I'm being inspired. Oh, my gosh. The other thing is, not to beat this dead horse, although they deserve it, is greeting cards are too expensive. Nobody, any card over 99 cents is not Mm -hmm. not where I don't, they have the audacity to slap like a $6.99 price tag on some of these cards and it's come not on worth now it. yeah no that's the thing I, I remember when i reached the point in life where i was like well i have so much guilt that i'm gonna buy the 6.99 card but i don't make any money so it was a sacrifice which hurt even more which also made me feel like i was being a better son friend partner boyfriend whatever mm-hmm. but you have to ask yourself this is card stock what are we really paying for yeah I guess creativity, which I appreciate by my book. Right, you know? right. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know. There are times where I'm just like, right, hey, thinking of you on an index card and throw it out the, your car window, uh-huh. like throw it on my porch and I'll, I'll appreciate it. What is the stance on, on like a postcard? See, I like a postcard. Okay, okay. It's nice because like there is a, there's a limit. It's like, it's like a postal tweet. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't really go long. And it's sort of like, hey, I was at this place and I thought of you. Right. Putting a stamp on something is a lot of work. Like, that's not part of my spiritual journey. But, like, I do appreciate getting postcards because you don't have to do anything. You put it on your fridge. It's pretty. And you don't have to respond because you're like, I don't have a postcard. I didn't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. I do love the the idea that, like, a postcard, it is just like an open face letter. Like, anybody who comes across (laughs) it can just see. It's like a a public DM. (laughs) true i maybe we should lean into that like you know just fully x-rated like you know pour your heart out (laughs) sexual postcards 
you know, our, the male the male service workers have been through a difficult year, and uh, yes. you know they deserve to to see our secrets every now and then. I agree. Yeah, like you know, no, we've gone through a year of DMing people. Let's let's pivot to just openly saying, it. like, just say. <laughs> whatever you need to say at all times. I'm very, like, particularly on a postcard. I'm a little worried about that. That is uh, just playing some free association here. I feel like everyone is kind of preparing for slutty summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like I'm like an innocent, scared baby who is not prepared for the level of um, just, like, raw vulnerability that is about (laughs) to be this summer. I don't know. Yeah. I think everyone's got real, real big plans, real hard plans, real deep plans. And uh, it's it's a lot to negotiate because it's like a lot of it's like, oh, we're going to party all the time or oh, we're going to hook up all the time or oh, we're just going to hug and cry. And I'm like, this is a, a really full agenda. Uh-huh. And I'm just not sure that I'm I don't know. I didn't RCP for all. of No. This, I yeah. Have to say. I feel like I'm going to be like shaking in a corner with a, you know, that I that it's that gif of bethany i keep thinking of it of her like shaking and trying to drink a glass of water uh yeah but what reminded me of that thought was that i i feel like that sense of just like maybe i should just put it all out like you know postcard my life um be be raw and sexual just you know go for it let the mail carrier see it i mean you might as well and here's the thing but like you know I came into this podcast with the idea, you know, with the question, what's the thing that I hate that everybody else loves? Uh-huh. And my original answer was going to be your sexy Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, because. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, no offense. Like, it's cake. It's you, Winnie the Pooing. You're very sexy. It's very frustrating to me. But then I was like, do I hate it or do I love it? And I'm like. Oh, this is getting complicated. I should probably not say any of this. And here I am. We should have had you on so much sooner, frankly, (laughs) for the state of my mental health. Well, I thank you, first of all. Second of all, the premise of something that everybody else loves that you hate, I question that, uh, whether that fits in. Because, listen, not everybody is on board with my... (laughs) My thighs on Instagram. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. I mean, I do. No, I actually, I've been on the internet, so I believe that. But I'm also sort of like, no, this is an objective good. You Winnie the Pooing in your little square cut briefs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm obsessed with it. Because you're also not like gratuitous. You're not like, hey, guys, we're on a journey together. Right, right. It's You got to like, every day is a struggle, but we're going to make it. You're like, hi, <laughs> I look good. And I'm like, I'm trying to I'm trying to navigate these waters because they're new for me. I said in my caption, I don't I've never really been like a briefs person. In in my mind, underwear has always covered up almost as much as what was over it. And uh, (laughs) I'm trying to embrace that side and and let the girls breathe a little bit. It's a beautiful journey to watch. I'm very curious, like, are you learning new ways of moving through the world as, like, as you see people reacting to you in different ways? Or are you, are you like, I'm doing the authenticity thing and this is just more skin with it? I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. I Because I my approach historically has been I like to present the worst version of myself on the internet. Mm -hmm. And then when people meet me in real life, they'll think, oh, wow, he is way more put together than I actually thought. (laughs) (laughs) So it's always like I like to set expectations very low and then try Mm -hmm. to live my life, you know, better than how I present it. 
But Love now it. I think I'm more aware because uh, I've been on like a fitness journey and I'm like, okay, I kind of like liking the way I look. RuPaul has this thing where it has talked to drag queens who are like, you have to stop thinking about trying to like look sexy. Like you're never going to be like a good, funny drag queen. If in the back of your mm. mind, you're always like, okay, do I look hot doing this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now that is in the back of my mind where I'm like, <laughs> okay, I want to post this picture, but like, do I look good in it? And that should not be a thought. Like it should, no. but it is. It's definitely not your fault. Uh, it's the culture's fault. Exactly. I, that is an interesting tension. I don't particularly deal with that tension. Um, unfortunately, I'll be on this journey like, I, alone. That's fine. That's fine. I'll suffer. No, I mean, I wish I did. I wish I was like, oh, do I look hot or do I look funny? I'm like, no, it's always just funny. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I do find that fascinating. And it's interesting to the people like, you know, like you, Mateo Lane, Joel Kim Booster, who are very good at sort of being like, I'm hot and funny. Well. And isn't that interesting? <laughs> but you're pulling from different pools. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like being hot is camp. And so, like, if you're like, oh, can you imagine? Look, I, I'm showing you my nipple. Is that crazy? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, like, if you're serious about it, I don't know. I'm going to stop, you know, like, I'm blowing smoke directly <laughs> up here for no reason. It's what I need, though. So I I thank you. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. I guess it's also funny, you know, being sort of known for comedic content and then sort of showing up and being like, by the way, I do have testicles. <laughs> Like, I always think about, you know, because I have an audience who's, like, drawn to me through my columns mm -hmm, and through my mm -hmm. book. Um, every once in a while, I have something that I'm like, this is a little saucy, right. you know? And I'm like, did the people who came to me because I wrote about Maxine Waters, um, do they want to see, like, me in a Speedo in Provincetown? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this is, is going to be a leap, but I feel like... On a broader scale, what Lil Nas X has experienced in the mm -hmm. last couple of weeks is like, you know, so many people associate him with Old Town Road and this kind of right. like G-rated cowboy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he came out and was twerking on Satan, which was amazing. <laughs> but it's I feel like he's had to defend himself by being like, hello, like this has been me. It's astounding. Yeah, it's like he's young. He's very successful. Like he's got that cute little body. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't he be like, June is busting out all over? But yeah. people are like, no, we want you to wear a cowboy hat and sing to my kindergarten class. What? Get out of here. That was the out of character thing. This is right. the in character thing. And if anything, yeah, we need to be celebrating the fact that we don't have to hear goddamn Old Town Road anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> did he ever get the Dolly remix? I don't think he did. I, well, we can cross our fingers for the Dolly remix of Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> um, where in the world are you? You're in You're in the UK? I'm in uh, that bustling hub of Baltimore, Maryland. How has the past year been? I mean, fine. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. I have to say, like, my work situation has changed so much over the past year. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to write for television shows that I really love in a way that I wouldn't have been able to because I live in Baltimore. Um, but since we were doing it over Zoom, it, it became a possibility. Right. It also sort of opened this door for me to, like, leave L and explore different ways of being creative. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I feel very much like my dad. He's very much sort of oriented toward work and keeping his head down he's not like you know a terrible 80s movie character where he's like it's all about money uh -huh. he understands himself to be a like a breadwinner and so like that's sort of the way i understood myself this year personally like a hot mess but i'm like well i'm just gonna 
I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get on my little Zoom. And then I'm going to get off of work and scroll Instagram for a couple of hours. Send a lot of ill-advised DMs to my friends. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and wait to go back to reality? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't even know. I've been thinking a lot about what reality will look like. And I have no answers. Not that anybody is looking to me for answers, but... No, no. I mean, I think that's why people tune in. They're like, well, we got to figure out <laughs> yeah. like what Matt says that we should do <laughs> with ourselves after all of this. I know. I almost got desperate enough pre-pandemic to join a gay kickball league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did I did the same thing, actually. Yeah. I signed up for the news, all of the, like, lists, and, and it was literally, like, last April um, or March, and then everything everything shut down. Yeah. No, I did the same thing. The, the kickball bar was, like, two blocks from my house, and I was mm-hmm. really excited about that. And, like, I was a team captain. Oh, you went all in. <laughs> Is that like the foreman of a jury where it's like not your choice and they just kind of it's just who everybody voted for? That's exactly it. They were everyone was like, I'm a really busy professional. And I'm like, I mean, me too. But I guess I am inclined to leadership. Um, so I had to choose the team's T-shirt color. And then I got settled with all this like team building during the pandemic. They're like, don't lose touch with your team. And I'm like, I've never met these people. They were <laughs> assigned to me. Wait, so you signed up and then you've had to keep in touch with them even though no kickball has actually happened? No kickball had happened. We were doing like, they were like workouts sometimes on Zoom. And then like they they would have like a happy hour where some people would come. And that was, it was fun, but it was also sort of like, we are all strangers. I'm sitting in my house drinking wine uh-huh. at my computer to people I've never met. And then I'm emailing this group of strangers and being like, hey, like our team name was the Bunt Cakes. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And uh, I was like, hey, Bunt Cakes, hope you're having a like a cakey day or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's like whatever. And <laughs> now I like. I thought maybe when all this is over, we will all have developed like an online friendship. Yeah. But unfortunately, that did not happen. And uh, nobody like responded. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, that was uh, honestly uh, that inspired me to to, to recommit (laughs) to the the effort. I can't do like a a Zoom date. I have to Mm -hmm. see someone in person or else ironic because you know i i talk to people on zoom all the time but right right no it's too much well when it's work also you turn it on but it feels i think it it feels different when it's like hey these are my real life friends Uh let's all get together and look at each other's screens i'm like no 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 (laughs) just save it save the good gossip Uh i'll see you when i see you i'll get my second shot we'll like hang out and we can like download a year's worth of things that we didn't want to say into our our laptops. Right, right. Yeah, that is the other problem. I don't know if you feel this, especially as a as a writer, where it's you're basically pouring out your inner thoughts all the time anyway. So that when <laughs> yes. you talk to people, or is it like what's left? You've already like seen the the bare soul on the internet. I mean, it, it limits a little bit. Like one, I have a deep fear that I'm actually boring in real life because I don't want to perform <laughs> <False>. for- <laughs> based well, on the you. half hour that we've known one another. <laughs> That's my limit. I'm like a half hour. You're compelled. Um, 45 minutes. You're like, actually, let me think more about that. Um, no, I do feel like there are sort of writing topics and like uh, pop culture like that I like to like talk about publicly mm-hmm. and like write about or whatever. But like when I'm with my friends, I'm like, 
I, I want to do the same boring things over and over again. I want to go to like my favorite piano bar, have the same drink I always have, like sing Poor Unfortunate Souls from <laughs> Little Mermaid. And I'm like, that's what I do. Like, that's that's where I am. So it does feel interesting when people are like, you must be so fun to hang out with. And I'm like, if you're looking for like a hot take about Meghan Markle at like a casual brunch, I probably don't have it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I feel the same way. Uh but yeah, I just think like that person to me, that personality would be exhausting if it was on all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, no, no, no. I, I, the switch gets flipped, you know, once a week. <laughs> and then the rest of the week it is I'm plugged in and recharging. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. I think there's some people who are like, I'm wild and crazy. I'm always a good time. And I like that person. I like being friends with that person. But then I'm the kind of person who's like... I have deep wells of eccentricity, Mm -hmm. but it's not a constant sort of flow. It's very much like I'm in front of a crowd. I'm on a show. I'm writing. And then there are times where I'm like, I would like to not speak for maybe three to four days and just like read a book. And which is, I think, fine yeah. and interesting, too. I often feel like my personality is like the, the female orgasm. Like it's th- it's there, it can happen, <laughs> but the circumstances have to be precise <laughs> and exact. Uh, <laughs> That's fascinating. I, from what I've heard about the female orgasm, I mean... Whatever. You know what? I'm right. out of my depth. This is also me speaking wildly yeah. out of my out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure. Sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm, like whatever, mm-hmm. whatever works. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I want to move into our segment called Elaborate, which is where we'll have you elaborate on some tweets where you expressed your hatred of something. Oh, the first excellent. of which is your hatred of commercials for regular stuff that acknowledge <laughs> The reality of the pandemic gets my biscuits because, oh, my God, these commercials because they started real early. They were like, hey, folks, don't we love drinking our Budweiser beer in our social distance uh, hand washing? Yeah, we sure do. Times are tough. We're coming back. Don't try and sell me an ideal of life with your the for the soap I should get or the under eye cream or the hyaluronic acid uh-huh. while somebody's wearing a mask that's not my ideal life right. i don't want to see it i don't want to see it it makes me nuts it's the same category like i don't want to go to arby's and see the cashier in an arby's branded mask okay right. <laughs> Right. We don't have to normalize this. Just put on a mask. I I don't need to see the logo on your face. Right. It's very strange because like I get it's important to be responsible, particularly in media depictions, so that mm-hmm. we're all protecting each other and we're all safe. That said, it does feel like also when I see a commercial for something, for Arby's, and everyone's in a mask. First of all, I can't even get into the Arby's. You go through the drive through So what are we talking about? What's happening? Yeah. What Arby's is it? Where are you? And second of all, that suggests to me that this is a permanent state of society. Yeah. And I'm not interested in that. You know? No, no. Show me the world as it was and as it could be in a safe and responsible way. It's kind of like when people, when people are like tweeting in commercials. I'm like, okay, I don't. Right. Let's, who cares? Like, this is the thing that I do that I'm very ashamed of. We don't need to, like, <laughs> use it as a sales technique. Yeah, yeah. There are certain things that we can just kind of collectively agree we should just kind of not acknowledge. And yeah, that is yeah. one of them. Yeah. Please. 
Also, full disclosure, I've never eaten at Arby's, so I don't even know why that came out. <laughs> I don't know where my nearest Arby's is. Um, honestly, I feel like we could end on that uh, that note. <laughs> um, before we let you go, where can people find your breadth of work? Um, well, everything is sort of consolidated on my website, which is rericthomas.com, all mm-hmm. one word. Uh, I tweet at our Eric, O-U-R-E-R-I-C. Um, and if you want my newsletter directly, just go to letter.rericthomas.com. And if you go to any of those places, you'll find links to everything else because I took a marketing class once and <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to consolidate. I mean, it shows. It shows. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was so thank much you. fun. This was a wonderful. I really I appreciate being asked. And I'm going to continue to silently like your Instagram post. Um, and <laughs> I uh, have a lot of feelings it. about it. I will take each one as a massive boost to my fragile ego. <laughs> My ego is basically like on crutches most of the time. So I do feel like it is it is for the best. It's for the good. I will, you know, I will contribute to a GoFundMe for your ego's recovery. (laughs) That's all I ask. That's really all I want. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of this show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. This week, I wanted to highlight uh, something I've seen some people share more and more lately, especially as these conversations around police reform grow and continue And that is knowing your alternatives to calling the police. So we've obviously seen again and again how police may not be the best call you can make. I I know personally living in New York, uh, I see a lot of crazy stuff on the street. And there are times when I think, okay, if I ever had to call for help, I'd be worried about calling the police because who knows what's going to happen when they show up. You know, especially in a situation where it's like, okay, nobody is in immediate danger here. I I don't want to make the situation worse. And luckily, there are are places that specialize in that. Um, So there's a website called don'tcallthepolice.com, which is basically a directory for a whole bunch of cities uh, that have alternatives to calling the police in all of those cities. So for each place, they list a number of resources that offer uh, emergency or crisis services, like hotlines that work with unhoused people, mental health hotlines, domestic violence hotlines, uh, there's stuff for LGBTQ issues, like all of these things that is, is very helpful just to have in your back pocket. Hopefully you'd never have to use any of these things. Hopefully you're never in an emergency. But if you are, it's nice to have options, okay? Now, obviously, this is not like a perfect solution. This is a little bit of a homegrown, like community-based directory of of resources and solutions. Even they point out on on this website, you know, these, these resources aren't intended to cover all situations. And if you're in danger of immediate harm and you feel safe doing so, call 911. But while advocates are out in the world working towards police reform, trying to change police departments so that you can be confident in in calling those kind of more official, I guess, government resources. Having these kind of things in your back pocket 
just on an individual level, having the, the, you know, the city's page bookmarked on your phone, knowing your alternatives is an important thing. But yeah, we'll link to that in our show notes. You can familiarize yourself with your city if it's on there. If not, take a look at some of the other cities and the kinds of places that they list. And uh, you might be able to find that on your own for the city that you live in. All right, let's move on to the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Well, I finished The Mandalorian and it was lovely. Uh, just a just a joy and um i've continued re-watching broad city and it's just been so great i've really i just i loved that show i love that show it's been really fun to be uh in the process of re-watching it yeah it really is so good but nothing new yet what about you what are you watching yeah i haven't really watched anything new either the nanny still <laughs> i've been on the hunt for like good documentary series or movies I started watching that art heist one on Netflix. I still just can't wrap my head. It's okay. So the Netflix documentary is about an art heist. It's the biggest art heist in history. The estimated uh, value of the art that was stolen from this small little museum in Boston was, um, it was half a billion, half a billion with a B. And I don't understand that (laughs) i cannot wrap my head around why art is valued at what it's valued at that is the one thing i pride myself on like i was very intellectual in college okay i got good (laughs) grades i understand a lot of stuff i don't understand how art is valued i don't they try to explain it too about why someone would steal it i don't understand how are you gonna fucking steal like uh, uh, what is his name? Ren- Rembrandt. Rembrandt. How are you going to steal a Rembrandt? <laughs> it's worth nothing to you. You can't sell it anywhere. <laughs> you can't walk into a pawn shop and be like, hey, I have a Rembrandt worth $200 million. <laughs> it's useless the second you steal it. Anyway, um, the only good thing is that it is in Boston and they do have great accents. Incredible. We'll be watching now that you told me that. Stealing the odd. I like the one lady is like, um, who do you think is, uh, you, you think someone who works at the museum? No, I lost it. But she was like, you think someone like they're related to the mafia? Of course they are. Every, everyone in Boston is related. <laughs> it's a small town. <laughs> uh anyway what is your non-tv chaser my non-tv chaser is honestly just all of the wonderful feedback we've gotten for last week's episode it just made me so happy to know that we were making so many people laugh and that they got a kick out of it um and that our stony baloney <laughs> thoughts were <laughs> were welcomed uh into people's ears yeah, I mean, full disclosure, we had over an hour worth of recording. Oh, that absolutely. <laughs> Most of which was unusable. <laughs> was whittled down um, in in a moment of like, I don't know if anything will be usable from this. <laughs> um, and the fact that a bunch of people loved it was great and gave us ideas for even more stuff. It's true. So, yeah. What about you? Is that also your non-TV chaser this week? Also that I'm I'm very happy and I'm excited about to do other other stuff with this concept perhaps. Um, oh yeah, my my other thing was okay. I've lived in this apartment for like six months now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm literally getting emails from the building being like your lease is coming up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, as you know, have 
nothing hung up. There, all of my all of my pictures are all like leaning up against the walls. Um, and I finally uh, started hanging stuff up, and it Woo! is shocking the difference that it makes. <laughs> so I hung up the most daunting thing, which was a mirror. I like that you started with the hardest one. That's uh -huh, great. Uh -huh. um, it required five nails, five <laughs> screws. And yes, I did put 10 holes in the wall. Yeah, I, I, I nailed it in and then I realized it needed to move up by like two inches. So I had to re-screw in five more holes. <laughs> but I was very proud that I did it all by myself and that I hung it up and that as of yet, it has not come crumbling down. Knock on wood. <laughs> So, yeah, slowly but surely um, hanging up the pictures. And by the time I'm finished, I'll be moving again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Shiro. That's it for this week's show. Uh, so thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get what? Video of bonus worst things first stories cut from this week's episode. Video of extended guest complainer interviews and a bunch of other fun stuff. You can also buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And as always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get this podcast, hit that subscribe button, rate us, review us. It really does help. Give us a rating if you have it. If you've been listening all this time and you haven't rated us and given us a nice review, are you even a fan? No! But only leave a comment if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Yinka Rickford Engwin, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Uh, Watch you all. Baby, I got it. What you need. You know I got it. All I'm asking is for the respect when you get home. Um, I have to pee so bad I'm sweating, so I need to leave. <laughs> um, but that was great. Thank you. Bye.